0: What is up and welcome back to Things Like Me or Don't. I am your host, Brett Martineau. Today's episode, I follow up a little bit. I found my uh, style guide from college and uh, go through a little bit of the, the official rules of comma usage. I may have to make that a theme um, and then uh, talk a little bit about the OA and a book that I'm writing. And then uh, the, the, the thing that I spend the most time on is there's an article in Inc. Magazine talking about the positive effects of listening to music on your productivity. Uh, We just kind of go through line item, what it is, and and I give some examples from my own life. So hope you enjoy. Um, Hit me up if you have questions or anything else you'd like me to take a look at, at Brettward James on all of the platforms. You can hit me up at brettwardjames.com. Yeah, check it out. Uh, Welcome. I think we should be on everywhere. This time, by the way... So yesterday, Periscope eluded me a little bit, and this time I believe that it has actually worked, or at least it's supposed to. Um, yeah, so I'm excited about that. Uh, I also have uh, Instagram. I'm running Instagram from a little bit more fancy of a, uh, of a side. We're running from the, the Windows thing instead of from... Uh, ubuntu anyway um some stuff came so uh, yesterday i I talked about the the comma thing (laughs) and i went on for way too long i didn't realize until the end that i'd gone for almost an hour just speaks to how long i can talk so what i'm going to do today is instead of um instead of trying to talk for a bunch um we are going to just I'm gonna go quick. I want to talk a little bit about the. Com- I want to follow up on the comments thing, and then uh, I have one little thing I want to talk about that has to do with the OA, um, and we will uh, go from there. So let me just check. User was live. Yeah, I don't understand how Periscope works, but whatever. We're just we're gonna roll forward because that's what we do. Um, I'm gonna check on my uh, comments and things. So Facebook's good, YouTube is good, and we'll go. So I uh, I, re- I should have looked this up yesterday. I should have went and got this while I was doing the stream because it would have, I think, made it a little bit more interesting. But um, I actually have the, sty- the style guide from when I was in college. This is the Joseph M. Williams style guide. This is edition, I don't know, the the, the, the ninth edition. Uh, I got this. In fact, it's funny, I have that one of the I had a bookmark in here. Well, I did at some point. Maybe I threw it away, but it was the receipt. And this book cost me forty dollars when I was in college. It was pretty ridiculous. Um, also, I don't know if you can hear behind me, but we we got a new little robotic vacuum thingy, uh, which Wick absolutely hates. But I I think that's pretty par for the course for dogs and uh, and uh, robotic vacuums. But anyway, um. Let's, Go back here Anyway, I have the the style guide And I wanted to jump in here and read There's a lot of stuff that I could go into um, But I want to give the, the, the main I'm going to read from the style guide The main rules, okay So, uh, number one Always separate an introductory element From the subject If a reader might misunderstand The structure of the sentence That meaning something like However, comma Or therefore, comma Right Along that way, that's something that we definitely want to do. Number two, never end an introductory clause or phrase with a semicolon. Meaning uh, semicolon is only used to separate a complete sentence, like a a full thought, a complete, I forget, an independent clause, I think is what it's called, from the rest of the sentence. So you wouldn't say therefore semicolon. That's not really what we were talking about. And then do not put a comma after a coordinating or subordinating conjunction if the next element of the clause is its subject which I don't know what the, really that means. I probably need to look that up. Oh, here's the, the receipt it's right here. Um, and then put a comma after a short introductory word or phrase if it comments on the whole of the following sentence or if it connects one sentence to, to another. Um, and yeah, so essentially kind of the stuff that we talked about yesterday. The important thing is realizing that there are, there are, there are rules and it really has to do with, I think this is the important thing. It really has to do with whether somebody reading could misunderstand what you're writing. And this actually, so I didn't, wasn't going to say this, but I can't help myself. What's more important is that you know uh, whether or not your um, your sentence or whatever could be misunderstood. I think that's the important thing uh, to realize, is that if, you're, if it could be misunderstood, meaning somebody could read it and they could think that it, you meant something else, then you probably need to change something, right? Um, And the point there is when you're writing something, you've got to go back and reread it and think, how could somebody misunderstand what I'm writing? So if you put a comma in the wrong place, like what we were talking about yesterday, let's see if I can pull this up. Um, uh, Archive. So what he said was, Ovi isn't what you would call untrained. The kid who got starch, comma, is in fact, comma, untrained. It's probably not that big of a deal because nobody's gonna misunderstand what you're writing. Um, but the problem is that you can create, like um, there, there, it's obvious, it's easy to create a misunderstanding if you don't know what you're doing and if you don't do it right. So that's kind of the point there. Um, so again, commas, get them right, uh, and, uh, and we'll, that we'll, I'll leave that at that. Um, the next thing that I wanted to talk about is um, the show The OA. Okay, so uh, we watched the first season of The OA a long time ago, and uh, it's a good show. It's a very interesting show, and I like the way that they... I like the, the way that they play on what we can't know, and so they kind of... They try and make it sort of scientific. That's actually the reason... There was another show called Fringe that I really liked for the same reason, because it was... Uh, there's the... There's the vacuum because it um, it, the the uh, the show was designed to kind of explore what they called fringe science, which isn't really like real science, but it it goes to places that are interesting. Right. The the, these things about like alternate dimensions and this was like one of the first shows to really talk about people crossing between alternate versions of reality, alternate dimensions. And I thought it was really fun. But the OA is interesting in that same res- regard because it's talking about how uh you know it talks a lot about how you can jump between uh universes and how everything's connected. But the 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 thing that I wanted to talk about today is there's a point in this new season of the OA and this is kind of a spoiler but kind of not really a spoiler because it's part it's just part of the exposition of the of the, the season where they they discover that there's a company that had been, uh, like, they had been, uh, I don't even know how to really say it. They, they had been analyzing people's dreams, right? And uh, and what they had found is that the dreams could be somewhat predictive, or at least they thought they were predictive, kind of. Um, and they kind of they started to make a point that the the dreams you could use the dreams to tell the future. Um, they ended up. So I I won't give it away. It ends up changing a little bit towards the end of the season. But I was really frustrated. And I'll tell you why. I haven't told anybody except Sue about this. But um, I am writing a novel. Uh, I just started writing it a couple of weeks ago. And uh, it's based on a similar concept. And I was really frustrated because I was like, I can't write this novel now because the OA just used that idea but it turns out they were using it a little bit differently but the 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 crux of the novel and sort of the point of it is there's a couple of pieces to it one part is uh dealing with the complexity of somebody who has left a religion and then having being faced with a situation where he has to perform he has to do something from his religious past but he doesn't know if if the only way for him to do it correctly is to like really believe it so it's this weird uh, it 's this weird sort of juxtaposition of you know he 's tasked with completing a religious like basically praying, but he doesn 't know if he can because he 's left and he doesn 't really believe it anymore so anyway that 's kind of the the basic story, but there 's this whole element of dreams being predictors of the future um, and uh and it 's kind of exciting anyway so I, and by the way, that it may have been that that concept may have been used before. I don't know. I'm not really good at at like I'm not really good at like the research aspect of um, like going into uh, like I, I haven't really read like done research to see if someone's already written that book. So anyway, uh, but it's gonna be kind of fun. Be kind of exciting. Uh, and and it and it it's I I don't want to give too much away right now because I it's still in its infancy. But the way that I came to the idea for the book is powerful to me. It's it's really cool um, because the book is based on how the book idea came to me. Anyway, it's kind of weird. Um, so anyway, uh, that's uh, that's kind of all that I wanted to talk about. The OA, I, I don't want to go into any spoilers on the season because in case someone's going to watch it, but I really, really like. I was very fascinated with the way they ended season two um, because it's a. It's a twist, it's a twist that you wouldn't be expecting, and it's a theme that I have long wanted to be explored a little bit more like it's i'm gonna try and not give too much away, but i I really wanna talk about it it's It's kind of similar to like the fourth wall break scenario, uh like what we see with like Deadpool where he breaks the fourth wall, he's talking to us, the audience about the fact that he's in a movie right um and that's that's you know. Then, like, I don't know if you've seen Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are Dead or read the 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 book. I think it's a book or a play or something, but there's a movie made with uh, – uh, it's Tim Roth and – I forget who the other guy is, but it's the same idea. But I've always been interested with the idea of characters in books and movies being cognizant of the fact that they are a character in a book and then somehow breaking into reality using the same – like the same tools that we use to create characters in books and movies, they reverse and then they can become real. Anyway, it's just kind of a fun thing. Um, so, uh, so that's basically all we got there. Now, the last thing I'm going to talk about today, I wasn't going to talk about this till tomorrow, but we're actually going to be on the road tomorrow. So I don't know if I'm going to do a stream. It's this idea about – I saw an article on, in Inc. Magazine uh, that just confirmed something that I have, I have long believed, which is that certain types of music – are dramatically effective in boosting your productivity, and other types are not. And I've, you may have figured this out anecdotally, just through life. Uh, you may have seen um, that this is that this has been the case, um, like just because. And uh, but I have noticed that um, that certain types of music, depending on what I'm doing can either enhance or detract my ability to move forward. Now, what they say, I'm going to just read off some of the stuff that they say and then talk about my experiences, and you may be similar to this, but they say that music with lyrics will kill your productivity, like any any music with lyrics. I found that kind of to be the case, but not really, uh, especially if it's music that you already know or if, you, or if what you're doing doesn't require a lot of planning or uh, oversight. It's just something you can just sort of go and power through uh, has been the case for me they say familiar music is best for focus which goes in line with what I was just saying about how if it's music that I know I can get away with there being lyrics to it Um, but they say that familiar if it's music that's familiar to you your brain isn't taking up any energy uh, trying to like process the music that's coming through I've also found that that I get the same effect of familiar music when it's a familiar type of music like one of the things that I really like about electronic and dubstep music is that it follows a pattern and the pattern is recognizable. And so it doesn't, so you can kind of get around that familiar aspect if you're listening to that type of music. In fact, there's a playlist on Spotify called brain food. It's absolutely the the best productivity music for me. I'll turn it on, put headphones in or I'll turn it on here and I will get more done in like No time in such a short time that I normally will over a long period. So that's something to take a look at. If you haven't ever used that playlist brain food on Spotify. Um, the next thing they say is that listening to music during repetitive tasks helps you complete them quicker with fewer errors and less boredom, which again, is kind of like what I was just talking about. Um, so if you've got good music and it's a task that you're kind of doing over and over again, recently I had, I was setting up a bunch of, um, uh, upsells in an e-commerce platform, and it was the same thing that I had to go through. I just had to do a different ID each time, and I just turned on this that same playlist, the the um, the uh, what's it called, the brain food playlist. And it just like I got through it. I, I in my head I was like, this is gonna take me twelve hours, and it took me two because it just you just get into a rhythm, and everything else gets blocked out, and it, whew, you just go through it. So that was awesome. Um, the next thing they say I thought was very interesting, but it's also but it's something that to a certain extent I I believe because it it's how. It has worked with me. For cognitive tasks, they say, meaning something that you actually have to think about, no music is best with one exception. And this, I'll, Jim's going to read this to you so you can kind of see this. Uh, research from Ohio Wesleyan University shows that relaxing, repetitive, low-information, load background music improves concentration, focus, and performance while reducing stress, even more so than working in silence. So they're saying things like... Uh, waterfalls and, like, rain sounds and, like, uh, maybe, like, outdoors, like, crickets, you know, like, like those types of sounds um, can have a huge effect. Uh, And then classical music as well, they say, um, it can help with recognition and performance and on cognitive tasks, things like that, especially if you're studying for a test or something like that. Um, I found that that same, again, that same effect, I get that same effect when I am uh listening to that brain food playlist which is kind of like low key dubstep is what it is it's not like the super if i really really want to get like cranking on something i'll turn on the the real dubstep like the hard the the more the louder stuff but if i just need something to like occupy my brain so that i can focus like occupy like the 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 lizard part of my brain so i can focus i will just turn on that brain food playlist turn it on in the background i usually will get it up pretty loud but just sort of let it go, and uh, it'll, it'll make that happen. Um, then they also talk the last two. The first, the last two is they say upbeat music can boost physical performance, which I think we all can probably relate to. Uh, if you're listening to like some hip hop or or some some rock music or make, like some some ACDC or something while you're lifting or while you're running, it can help you perform better. That's I know that's the case for me. That's definitely I've I've seen that happen. Um, but the interesting thing is you have to be careful because uh, certain types of music can actually, this is a weird thing that I've, it's been my experience, I don't know if it's the same for you, but there's a line you can cross where if the music is too intense, like it's upbeat, but it's like too intense and not in a, it's almost like it has to be emotionally intense, meaning it's a song that you have a connection to and that you really like that can boost your performance, but Other types of music can actually exhaust you by creating, it's the weirdest, I don't know exactly how this works, but it creates like a stress environment where your heart and your brain start working in overdrive because of the inputs. It's this weird thing where it can actually overtax you and get you exhausted too early. Almost like it can fuel the fire of the anticipation and the anticipation can then like get your heart rate going. I know that when i first started fighting i had to listen to classical music while i was waiting to go to the ring because if i listened to anything upbeat like my heart would just start pounding and i would be the, my first fight even I, and this is with listening to classical music my heart started pounding beforehand i was i had like it was like i had already fought 5 rounds when the first bell rang so it's just interesting when you're talking about physical performance you have there's a fine line you have to walk on the other side of the coin though I can be at the end of a three-hour – this has happened to me – I can be at the end of a three-hour uh, training session, drenched in sweat, exhausted completely, and then a song will come on the the radio or overhead at the gym, and it will be just the right combination of, like, a familiar song and upbeat and, you know, the right – and it's not the same genre every time. It's just something that that hits that that spot, and it will just give me this boost of energy, which can help me push through and, like, continue to perform a little bit better. Um, and get a little bit better workout in. So, you know, I think it has more to do with the the effect that it has on your brain, and your and what you think you can accomplish than your actual physical performance. But, and then the last thing is listening to music between tasks can boost productivity. Um, and that makes sense too. Like just helping to clear your mind so that your mind isn't like sifting through the clutter of what you just did. But, you know, like if you're doing homework or if you're doing, you're studying and then you're switch you're taking a break and then going to something else, listening to music can help, uh, can help that sort of happen uh, a little bit better. So, um, it's been really interesting to me to see the effect of a familiar song that, that I have an emotional connection to like, and it's all over the place. Sometimes like a rage against the machine will come on at the gym and I'll get fired up because I love that. I love that music. And sometimes, like there was one time when this is going to, you're going to laugh at this, but I went to high school with Lindsey Sterling. I don't know if you know who Lindsey Sterling is, but she's a big YouTube, she's a hip hop violinist. Uh, and she's huge now in, in the, the YouTube world. She tours the country, like she's doing, a, she's doing amazing, which is awesome. I actually went and saw her live a couple of times here in San Diego. But there was a time when I had never heard the song before, but I can recognize her style of playing a lindsey sterling song came on at the gym which was kind of random because they usually don't play that type of music and that gave me that same sort of push that same sort of energy and i think it's because i have a connection i know her from high school and i like like I, i get i get excited about the fact that she is being so she's so successful um at what she's doing and that that was something that nobody i don't think anybody really believed that she could anyway there's a lot of there's a lot of cool emotion that goes behind it. But I I think that's, that solidifies for me the fact that the music that's familiar in an emotional way can bypass your physical response. Like your brain and your body are talking to each other and that emotion can come in and like give a boost to what your brain is receiving as the, your body's capability, so to speak. So, and I think it's true also for not just physical tasks, but like cognitive tasks and stuff as well. So it's, I just thought that was kind of interesting that listening to music um, can have such an effect. I liked it because I've known that to be the case for me for a long time. Uh, I know that you know, if I'm going to listen to music, normally what I'll do is, uh, and then I'm down talking about this, normally what I'll do is uh, I don't listen to music or listen to anything really if I'm just like, going through setting things up or trying to like, create things because I need all of my brain power. But anytime I need to go do something and I need to focus, I'll just turn it on, and that puts me into like go mode. Right, It puts me into like, okay, now I can sit and I can actually make this thing happen. So um, kind of uh, kind of cool, kind of exciting, and, and kind of fun. So um, next time what I want to do is – I don't know exactly how I'm going to do this because I don't know how to show my screen yet. I don't know how the best way to do that and keep this vertical format. But what I want to do is take you through some of the enhancements that I've been able to make in my own personal workflow by using – command line programs instead of web-based or uh, interface-based programs. Some of the things I've been able to get to and like set up specifically uh, based on the, in fact, I'll just show you a little preview right now and hopefully this doesn't mess with my connection. But this right here is my my workstation essentially. Uh, And I'm gonna see if I can't show this correctly using my, yeah, there we go. So you can see this right here Uh, on the side, I've got burn down charts for like my tasks. I've got time tracking here. I've got the weather, I've got projects that I'm working on. I got my current tasks that I'm dealing with. And then I've got this over here, which is like my terminal where I interact with all the things that I'm doing and all of my, uh, different apps and the things that I'm, that I'm working with. So it's kind of cool. I want to kind of go through a little bit of my, what led me to get into that and what's been fun about it. What's been exciting and what I oh, what I really like about it. Um, And uh, yeah, we'll go from there on that. So anyway, uh, like I, I promised I would keep this one shorter and I'm, so I'm going to do that. Um, So hopefully you enjoyed that. We will, uh, I will, like I said, I don't know if I'm going to stream tomorrow or over the weekend, but we'll be back at it on Monday. So. Thank you all again for listening Again, my name is Brett Martineau, and this is Think Like Me or Don't. Uh, feel free to hit me up on all of the social medias. At James is the handle, and you can find me that way anywhere. Um, also, hit me up on the, the website, brettwardjames.com. If you have specific questions or you'd like to drop an audio message that could be featured on this podcast, go to anchor.fm forward slash thinklikeme, and you can uh, drop a message on there that way. Hopefully, we will be back again shortly with some more content this weekend, I'm going to be traveling. So I may not be posting anything, but we'll be back on Monday. Hope you enjoyed. Talk soon.